Hey guys, ooh, I got my presentation up too. So welcome to the second half of the SF Music Tech Summit. How many of you have been to at least shows one through six? That's like four years ago. Great, do you remember throwback to shows one through six? Uh, my name's Cass Phillips. I used to be the manager of the SF Music Tech Summit for the first one through six shows. I used to run this session right here, the demo session, so I'm temporarily back for a moment. A big round of applause again for Maxine Marcus. She is 15 years old. That was amazing. Backed up by Larry Marcus, who'll be hosting our demo session. Yes, thank you, Larry Marcus. Uh, you'll hear him for the next couple hours. So Brian, to kind of kick off these demos, he asked me to come back because I stopped doing events about three years ago and I became the creative manager of a platform called Episode Interactive. Most recently, we started, where we launched back in August, a partnership with a pretty exciting partner that I'm just gonna do, let you know about now. I'm the creative manager of a game that just launched on Episode called Demi Lovato's Path to Fame. She's a big pop star right now. You should check her out, just launched her album, Confident. So Brian asked me to come back and talk a little bit about how I went from attending the SF Music Tech Summit to working with pop stars like Demi Lovato and other major IPs. Uh, in putting this talk together, it's a quick four-minute talk, I realized that there's actually a very direct parallel between how you go from being an attendee here to working with giant people and how you actually get your startup to start working with big brands and IPs. So I have two slides. The slides are identical. I'm going to walk through one of them pretending I'm a person getting my career into the big name. Then I'm going to walk through the exact same slide pretending I'm a small startup working to work with giant brands. Other brands I've worked with, just so you guys know, we're doing a Mean Girls Paramount sequel. It's coming out in just a couple of weeks. Uh, I worked with Comedy Central on Ugly Americans, uh, a partnership with them. And I worked with Fox on a Night at the Museum partnership. So it's not just Demi. We've got a number of kind of IPs under our belts and industries that we work with. So you're an attendee here. Four things you should do if you want to be getting into like big music stuff. Uh, one, network, but do it honestly. It's really easy to walk away from this event with 100 business cards that you then throw away because you can't remember who a single one of them is. I did that a lot. I actually now come planning to meet maybe two to four people, maybe. And the goal is to have a great engaging conversation with them to make sure I'm passionate about what they're working on and to make sure that they're passionate about what I'm working on. And then I maintain those relationships over the years. So I network, but I do it honestly. Two, know what you like and not what you want. I do not come when I'm looking at a career change into a conference knowing the career I want. I know coming what I liked about my last career and what I didn't like about it, and then I open the door for opportunities. Three, when you actually start having those meetings with the people that you met with at this event, listen to them. You don't have to take their advice, but I've been to and I've done the mistake where I go to a, a meeting with someone and I just tell them about myself for 30 minutes and then I go, so what did you think? And they're like, well, that's great. Okay, well, my 30 minutes are up. It was nice meeting you. So a big piece of advice, get to those meetings, shut up and listen, and then when you leave, think about what you learned and how you can apply it to yourself. Four, plan for the long term. It's really easy to jump into a quick opportunity that you're presented with at a conference like this, but make sure it's really applicable to the career that you want. So why does this mirror startups to IPs? All right, so I'm a startup. I work at Pocket Gems. We're trying to close an IP. We network with the IP, but we do it honestly. We don't send a thousand pitches to a thousand brands. We pick four and we spend years working our relationships with them. And that's how we close these deals. We also, you need to bear in mind what your users like and not what you may want. I won't disclose, but one of our things didn't quite work out. We spent months with an IP, we launched a great product. It didn't really do well. And the problem was our users didn't like that brand. It wasn't a brand that they related to, it was a brand we liked. 
So know what your users like and make sure you're networking with the brands that apply to them. We now do user calls, we do surveys, we do tests. We have them identify the brands they love and then we go out and start networking with those brands that are targeted at our users. Uh, when you've closed that brand and you start the partnership, go to the meeting and listen to them. Uh, oftentimes they'll pitch things that don't quite sound right for your product, but they may be pitching it because it's right for their brand and their product. So shut up, listen, and then when you leave, think about how to apply what they said to your brand and your product, because you know that best and they know theirs best. Four, and this is a big one for us, think long term. Uh, often when I've worked with an IP, I get very tunnel vision because to the IP, that is what's most important, that product. And I forget that I have a broader company and a broader product that I'm looking to the future for. So when you partner with an IP, it's really easy to get sucked into their just their product. So weekly I'm asking myself, what is what I'm doing with this IP adding to my brand as a whole, to my product as a whole? What are my learnings from this IP that I can take to my brand? And if the answer is nothing, I rethink the future IPs I might be working with. Uh, that's pretty much my five minutes. That's my quick story of going from SF Music Tech to working with Demi Lovato and Paramount and Mean Girls. Um, I'll stick around for a couple hours if you guys want to chat, but otherwise I want to bring back Larry Marcus to kick off our demos and the other great products that are uh, pitching around in the music tech industry. Thanks, guys. Okay, so we're going to have a series of demos. I'm sorry I don't have slides or a demo. I just wanted to talk a little bit because I know a lot of you use Slack or either at work or you were involved with the account that SF Music Tech Summit set up for the last few weeks, so you have a little familiarity. But So as some of you probably know, Slack is a fast-growing messaging app for Teams that also integrates with, with uh, tools like Google Docs, Dropbox, and a bunch of others, so you can bring all your work into one place and get things done in real time. Uh, Slack's mission is to make your working life simpler, more pleasant, and more productive, and many people agree that it's succeeding, so I'll just talk about that a little bit. So yeah, so a lot of you have gotten familiar with it through uh, the account that was set up, um, but its real power is in communication for teams at work. Uh, it's used by all kinds of companies of all sizes, including uh, companies like Ticketmaster and Spotify and the music industry. Um, you know, I'm talking about it here. Uh, because I joined the editorial team at Slack um, a little over a month ago, actually, um, after almost 10 years as a music and tech journalist. And so that's kind of uh, where the, the transition is there. Um, I was on the staff at Billboard, Rolling Stone, and Fast Company. Um, and it was at Fast Company where we started using Slack for internal communication in mid-2014. And it basically changed my life. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. And massively improved the way we worked. And the irony is that I left that job to work at Slack because it made me enjoy that, that job so much more. Like I was uh, getting so much more done and enjoying my work and um, communicating with my coworkers so much that I just basically said, I would really love to contribute to this thing. It's one of the only, uh, only products I can think of in recent memory where I was like, this is like drastically going to improve the way that people's days uh, go by. So. Um, uh, there are a lot of benefits to using Slack, but I'll highlight some of the ones that seems to make people the most obsessed with it. Um, the first is that it slashes internal email use. Users report almost 50% reduction in internal email. Um, and uh, because communication happens in real time, you have actual human conversations and make decisions and move on. Um, users also report a 25% reduction in meeting time, which is a super bonus, um, and a 30% increase in productivity. Um, beyond that, though, it makes your company's communication transparent and accessible. And what that means is that every conversation in Slack um, are, 
and, and every file shared is indexed and archived so that you can search it later, including file content. So if you share a Google Docs, uh, if you share a Google Doc and then later you want to find something that was in it, you don't need to remember what it was called, you don't need to remember who shared it, you can find everything that's in it. Um, you know, information isn't siloed into closed email threads or team meetings. Um, so if you don't know who knows what, it's all right there. It's primarily in public channels relevant to departments or projects or any other topic that anyone can access. So marketing can know what engineering is doing, et cetera. And I mean, you can also have private DMs and private channels for a more sensitive or one-off topic. It's not like every single thing you say to all your coworkers is public, but a lot of what you say in public and, and that open communication is actually a huge benefit to productivity, including things like when new employees join. Um, and in my experience, one of the best things is that it can also improve uh, team culture, uh, not only because people are communicating more naturally, um, but because Slack includes things like emoji reactions, for any of you who use it, that's one of the most fun parts of Slack, um, is being incredibly creative uh, with the way that you um, give feedback and support people using emojis. Um, so you can respond to anything in playful ways. Um, and again, you can integrate almost any other tool that you use uh, to share work or files in Slack and give feedback directly. So um, that's about it. I just wanted to give that little intro for anyone who doesn't use it. Um, I'll stick around a little if you have any questions. And I, I brought some stickers if you want them, and I'll stick them maybe out on that front table or something. So that's it. That's all I got. Thank you. Okay, next up we have um, Cheryl Lucanegro from Soundhound and Hound. Hi, I'm Cheryl uh, Lucanegro. And what I want to talk about today is something new, uh, something that we are familiar with. But I want you to imagine that right now you're searching for something. You're going and you're looking for something. You're using your text phone. You want an answer right away. You pick up your mobile device. You talk into it or you type. And what happens is you're not getting what you want. You're not getting the answer that you're looking for. Or you're getting a bunch of blue lines, one or the other. Um, what would be an imagine if you actually could use your mobile device and use your voice naturally to ask the question and immediately and instantly get the answer you're looking for? So welcome to a new way of search. I want you to say hello to Hound, which we're going to give a little demo on today. And Hound is an exciting new voice search assistant, hands-free, that allows you to talk naturally and actually get what you're looking for. So I probably, and most of you in the audience, use Google, use Siri, use a number of other voice search apps. What's so special or what's so different about what Hound does? And what Hound does that's really different is it combines that speech recognition with natural language understanding. And it does that in real time. And it does it better because it's simultaneously processing that information. So it's reaching new heights in speed, in accuracy, and giving you what you really, really want. Um, I think the other part that's really difficult is the context. Um, so if you're talking to your device, what Hound does magnificently is it understands context, it understands how like complicated or um, queries that are a little trickier for it to understand, and it understands exclusive, exclusive uh, things that aren't like saying, no, I, I don't want that, I want this. Um, so what I'd like to do today is basically 
demonstrate a little bit of what Hound can do. I believe it's the next step that's going to take us to interacting with mobile devices naturally, the way you should be, talking to your friends. So what I want to do is, um, so let's start talking to Hound. And I'm going to see if Larry can talk to Hound. Okay, Hound. Show me the top five songs by Lord. Here are the top five songs by Lord. So you can instantly go in and do great music searches, and there's a bunch of exciting domains that go beyond music as well. So, okay, Hound, what time is it? It is 1.24 p.m. in San Francisco. What time is it in New York when it's 5.26 a.m. in Paris? It is 11.26 p.m. the previous day in New York when it is 5.26 a.m. in Paris. Wow. So you see the speed. So why not ask How many euros in $150? Showing search results for when I die. How many euros in $150? 140 euros and 7 cents. And how many British pounds? Showing search results for in how... <laughs> the demo gods. So... Um, set a timer for 10 seconds. I've set a timer for 10 seconds. So we don't need to wait for it to count down. So a variety of verticals. And then you were also talking about how you can do more complicated queries. Right. So imagine, I think a lot of times when you're talking naturally, you're asking a question and then you're not having to repeat the whole question all over again. So, so you, what you want to do is be able to have a natural conversation. So you ask a question to Hound, and the, you can actually have follow-on questions. So we'll show you an example of a follow-on question where you're not repeating the entire question up front. Yeah. Once again, talking like you're talking to a friend. What's the weather tomorrow at 4 p.m.? Will be clear skies with a temperature of 59 degrees in San Francisco Wednesday, November 11th at 4 p.m. And will it be windy? Yes, the wind will be nine miles per hour from the north northwest in San Francisco Tuesday, November 10th at 2 p.m. What will the weather be in Las Vegas on January 15th? The usual weather is a high of 59 degrees and a low of 39 and mostly sunny skies. How about in Dallas, Texas? The wind will be 14 miles per hour from the south in Dallas, Texas, Tuesday, November 10th. So it's remembering that state. Right, and you can see the speed and accuracy. Once again, you're able to see a display, not a group of blue lines that you have to seek and find the actual answer you're looking for, but it's giving you exactly what you want, and it's doing it where you're not repeating yourself over and over again. You're having a conversation with a friend. And then there's these really complicated queries like, Show me hotels in Nashville that have a pool and free Wi-Fi. Showing 10 results in Nashville that have a swimming pool and provide free Wi-Fi. Show only those that are available on December 15th. Okay, showing 10 results with availability for Tuesday, December 15th. Now you could also ask it to say, show me ones that are available Christmas Eve, and it knows to translate that into December 24th. Show me those available on Christmas Eve. 
Okay, showing 10 results with availability for Thursday, December 24th. So it knows to automatically translate that. The beauty of this platform, too, is we can go on and we can ask lots of questions. We have over 50 different domains right now that are covered. And as you can see when you page through, we even have games, which could be really fun. Maybe you want to show them a little bit how to play a game. I want to play blackjack. Blackjack, you have $300. How much do you want to bet? $100. OK, $100. Your hand is 6 and 6, which totals 12, and the dealer is showing 2. Say hit or stand. Hit. Hit. Your hand is now six, six, and king, which totals 22, and the dealer is showing two and three, which totals five. You have busted. You lose. I got 21 twice in a row earlier. I mean, the amazing part is, you know, we are going to launch this as a consumer-facing app, um, but we're not going to keep the technology just inside Hound. Um, we're actually going to, we have developed and a, basically a platform where developers can actually take this technology very simply and take it and actually voice activate their own services, their own apps, and their own devices. You can actually voice activate a coffee maker, a refrigerator, uh, inside your car. I mean, there's amazing things you can do. So that's a little bit about Hound. Um, and the app and service. And, and then how do you, if you want to get the API, what do you do? Um, if you want to test out the API for yourself right now and for your companies, what you can do is go to SoundHound, because this app is actually brought to you by SoundHound. People have been in the music industry and identifying music through singing and humming and talking for a long time. But you go to SoundHound.com, and here we have Hound, Houndify, as well as SoundHound. And you can go in there, fill out an application, and we get um, access to a private beta on this. Okay, we've got a couple minutes for questions. You like it. <laughs> so I've been, I'm a singer and I've been covering a lot of jazz standards and mm -hmm. one thing I'm interested in SoundHound helping me with is identifying all the people that have ever recorded said jazz standard and all the ways in which that's been done and maybe SoundHound can help me explore all of them so that I can bring a new version to the people of today. Wow. So could I sing that to SoundHound and have her or him, SoundHound Master, look it up and bring up everybody who's done it? Well, it's probably going to bring up a list of people that have sang that song because it's going to recognize it and it's not going to know which artist. So it's going to bring up probably a number of the artists that are there. Um, you also have, you can look in, um, we have charts based on different types of music that can go mm. through. Not yeah. just look up that one song, but also all the types of singers that fit into the jazz category. Oh, so she, or I don't know what to call SoundHound, this amazing being. I call it a girl. So, <laughs> goddess SoundHound. Yes. Could she also um, help me find the right key? Like, could be like I'm looking for um, beginning to see the light in the key of, and I'm not sure if it's quite right. Can you help me identify that? Like, is she going to be able to do things like that? I think in the future, that would be probably related to Hound, where you're going to be able to ask a query in the music category. We don't have that at this moment to do what you're looking for exactly. Yeah, sure. But I think so in the cool future, though. it's something to consider. Wow. Well, thank you so much for bringing this to us. It's really exciting. Yeah. Okay, Hound. We'll be around if anyone has a great demo in Spanish. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ira.
Next, we have Romaine from Deviolette. I liked watching the, uh, the sides of it vibrate. <laughs> Thank you. So we'll talk about music later, but let's talk about painting first. So I have experienced it a dozen of times, and so do you, I'm sure. Pick a painter, Soulage, for example, and look at the reproduction of one of its paintings. You have seen it dozens of times, and don't even really look at it anymore. Then one day at a museum, you came in front of the original painting. It is standing in front of you, and then everything changed. The light is playing with details. Hundreds of details are rising, and suddenly the emotion is overwhelming. That's the difference between the original and the reproduction. And what is true with painting is also true with music. At De Vialet, which is a French startup, we're now leader in high amplification. Our dream is to bring this emotion, the emotion of the original, to as many people as possible. So to share the hundreds of details that can be heard for the very first time. For example, hearing the attack of the string on the guitar. or feeling the power of the drums. Or suffering the voice of the Tosca. The problem is that to create those details and to create this emotion, you need a very large and very expensive system. Basically, you need 100 liters, 100 kilos, and $100,000 system. A bit like this. Our dream was to bring this emotion to much more people. So to create the ultimate audio system, a system able to reproduce the original and a system more performing than the best system in the world. So a system going from 16 hertz to 25 kilohertz with zero distortion and up to 105 decibel. Yeah, it sounds a bit like the same. And 30 times smaller and 30 times cheaper. And that's impossible. Um, that's at least what an acoustic teacher will tell you. That's what people learn at school. But you have heard this word thousands of times, and you know what it costs to invent 1009 to solve 1000 problem. And you know it's always possible to invent. So that's what we did with Phantom. So Phantom has been invented by De Vialet, and Phantom was our dream. It goes from, it's only 12 liters, but goes from 16 hertz to 25 kilohertz with zero distortion and for $2,000. To make this happen, you need to go back from the acoustic laws and to redesign everything. Phantom involved 44 engineers in all spheres. 
in acoustic software and mechanics to create a revolutionary device with 88 patents and now 45 awards. This product, we, we made it for you. We made it for people that understand what it takes to reinvent. So it was very important for us to share it with you today. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Did, did everybody see the, the subwoofers on the side of it moving? So um, first, uh, how do we get one? One more thing, yeah, exactly. That was the following point. So to thank you, we made a special code for you and to thank Brian who made this happen. So um, you can use this password, SF Music Tech. Please do not sharing on social network. Please. <laughs> uh, so this will work until uh, Friday. And it allows you to get Silver Phantom, which is this one, which is 3,000 watts at the price of the regular Phantom. So to get the 3,000 version for 2K, you can use it until Friday. So and what would the regular price be? How much are people saving? 2400 Saving 2400 So normally no, would be... No, the normal price will be 2400 2400 So you save $400 with SF Music Tech exactly, on at our website. checkout. Exactly. On dvlet.com. Yep. Great. And uh, can you talk about your product line? And do you have other products coming out at lower price points or um, at higher price points? So... At the origin of the Vialet, there's an invention called ADH technology, which radically changed the way we create music. And this technology, you can put it in several different devices. So first, we create amplifiers. So we're selling 5 to 25K amplifiers, so very high-end product. And we're now, now leader in this category. Phantom is our second product. And our dream is to become worldwide leader in audio based on this technology. So that's a, a long and painful road, but we have a very precise roadmap with all the products we want to create to go there. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. Eight minutes to the second. Oh, Brian has a question. So another really interesting thing about you is you launched this here in the States. So you went and met a lot of people to show this to. So you are now the most connected man in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Can you mention just a couple of folks who you drop by to show this to? So, as I told you, we, we, we made the product for people who work very hard to change everything. So, it was very important for us to bring the product here to those people and to have their feedbacks. So, we brought the, people to peop the product to people like Tony Fadell. He created the iPod with Steve Jobs and then Nest. And he said that's an incredible product in incredible packages and share it. And we got people like Palmer Lucky, the founder of Oculus Rift, who is a fan and with whom we were working. We shared it with people like Astro Teller, the founder of Google X. Uh, Jay-Z offered two to Beyonce in her office. Uh, Will I Am, both 18. Uh, Andy Rabin, the founder of Android, is our best client so far. He took 25. And he did not have the discount, so please feel free to, <laughs> to, to do better. And, uh, and I actually met uh, Lars, Lars uh, Ulrich from Metallica yesterday. And he says, I want to be involved. So we're trying to see what we can do. 
So have a big hand for Romaine. Thank you. Okay. Owen? So, Owen McCarthy from Hydric Media, and it's pronounced Owen, correct? Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Larry. i to make sure we're all set up here. Awesome, is that good? Yeah, how are we all doing? That's a bit of a tough one to follow. That's pretty interactive. <laughs> No pressure, uh, but that's cool. Yeah, so um, I'm on one of the co-founders of Hydric Media, and we're a tech studio for the music industry. We build music experiences that people love. So just to give that some context, we're kind of like a digital agency, but really we're just a group of like creative technologists and designers who love working with kind of cool clients to build really innovative music technology experiences. Uh, so some of the clients that we, we have worked with are um, you know MTV and CMT? Uh, we've worked uh, quite closely with Spotify and Bose and Sony. So we work with you know brands, people involved in the music industry, and, uh, and labels. That's who kind of really benefit from our skills. And the reason they uh, they kind of trust us is we've done it over and over. So prior to Hydric Media, uh, the core team was involved with We Are Hunted, and uh, around the time they became Twitter Music. Uh, we formed Hydric Media, so you might see David Lowry as well in the audience. Uh, keep an eye out for him. And the reason they, uh, they trust us is we've done this over and over. We've integrated with every major um, API that's out there, SDK. We've built like Power by Spotify apps, Power by Audio, and Power by SoundCloud. So when it came to actually trying to think of a demo uh, that we could do, Hydric owns a couple of, uh, of products that we do have. We own um, Wonder FM and also an iOS app that's also on Android called White Label. Um, but really, when you get down to it, our, our real product is our service and our process and how we guide people through from an idea through to actually building it. Um, so that's what I want to do today. I wanted to do kind of like a meta demo. I was going to call it Yo Dog. I heard you like demos. But uh, so what you're going to see here is two demos in one. So I'm going to use our product to kind of pitch our creative process at the same time and show you that you know, new clients aren't often aware of what goes into actually building a really polished experience on mobile. And I'm going to show you how we have kind of iterated and formed this process that allows for a kind of rapid design and development of mobile apps. And this is what we do. We do it day in, day out. So has anybody here in the last 12 months build a mobile app? Lots. Uh, so I'm really interested to hear your feedback. Anybody attempting to do so in the next 12 months? Yeah, cool. So come and talk to us afterwards. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to get your feedback. So we're going to take White Label as a case study. Uh, we got some videos and stuff through the, through the demo, but you can download this from the store uh, right now. So it's on iOS and Android. And what it is, it's a hip-hop app that's got uh, the context and the conversation around the tracks that are actually in the app. So it's a real-time uh, music chart, plus the tweets and the conversations that's happening at the same time. So taking our process and how we built White Label, uh, it all starts with the idea, that kind of light bulb moment, that, you know, that scratch that you need to itch. And for us, it, it was the, the realization from data we were seeing in Wonder that, you know, hip-hop fans are some of the most engaged fans on the planet. They tweet so often, they love their artists. It's like this fan, fan army that the artists have. And even more incredibly, which we weren't expecting, was we had month after month over 50% of the top 100 tracks on SoundCloud 
uh, that we were seeing coming through Wonder were actually hip-hop genres. The next slice of the pie, major one, is the EDM. So we kind of worked this through an idea workshop, and the output of that is what we call the application architecture. This is the simplest thing that you can kind of output within about one or two days after a concepting workshop. Um, so what you want to see here is that it's nice and simple. If you've got spider webs, you probably need to go back to the drawing board because your customers and your consumers aren't going to drill down as deep as you think they are. So what we really wanted to target here was the ability to view tracks. We wanted to just capture track playback, view tweets, and tweet those tracks. Now, it, this is the point. It's really cheap to iterate. It's really cheap to, to make changes and to get this out in front of users, in front of stakeholders, and it's time to get moving. The next step, wireframing. So again, a little bit more expensive to do this style of effort, but it, you're beginning to get the formation of, the, of what you really want to build. Um, so the wireframes, again, very inexpensive way of iterating on that sort of design. Next up, visual design. It's kind of taking the brand that you've developed for the app, and you want to apply that then to the actual, uh, to the wireframes. And this is what we did. We followed our own process that we have with our clients for ourselves. This, that visual design stage, which you just saw there, is typically where uh, other agencies and people will actually uh, stop. They might start and stop with that process, but we like to go through the rest of the process. The last of it being clickable, clickable prototypes. So this is actually all design, no code, and we get this in front of users, we get it in front of stakeholders, and they get to uh, test our assumptions before we start any development. Then That's a big deal. What's that? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You know, the development is really expensive, and that's why we want to kind of we want to make sure all of our assumptions are validated before we get to that point. Once you get to there, now you've got an awesome opportunity to your develop your developers know exactly what they're building. Oh, we should have a video here and some audio. Your developers know exactly what they're building, um, so there is no wastage when it gets to that process. And yeah, feel free to download the app. Tell us what you think of it. Hey. And here you go. You can see the tweets, the context Chance, around, the actual, around the tracks. This is something I pulled from the chart yesterday. Yeah, and it's a kind of a nice, simple app that we knocked out in about tw uh, 12 weeks, which we're really proud of. So you nice. see myself and Dave around the place. Come say hi. Get a, get a card. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you. And, and how do people work with you? Um, we get uh, people referred to if they were, they, we get referrals, or people can find our website, but yeah. Let me, we, let me say it differently. Let's say somebody wants to work with you. How should they contact you? Uh, come grab a card, go visit the website, contact our email address. Yeah, just, just come and talk to us. That's the easiest way. And then what, um, what kind of clients are you looking for most right now? Uh, well, we love to see new and innovative stuff that people are doing in the tech space. So, you know, people who have that idea but don't have the technology partner. Um, and then, you know, brands and that sort of thing is what we, we often work with as well. And we, we act as a kind of an intermediary between like the Spotify and the brand to build some sort of a new branded experience, which is interesting. Nice. And where are you based? Uh, so we've got three offices. The development team is in Brisbane, Australia, which is where I flew in from yesterday. But we, Dave is based in New York full time. And uh, we, we also work with Patty Sil Silverman, who has an office in San Francisco. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you, Next, we have Nadine uh, Levitt from Worley. And I've got to say, there's nothing like seeing a demo. I mean, we're just barraged with words all the time. And they just start losing their meaning. When you can actually see something and hear something, it makes it super tangible. I'm just, 
I'm just riffing while you get prepared. Got it. <laughs> and it makes it super tangible. And you know, as a VC, I love seeing products first because that way I can tell immediately without words, you know, what it really is. And and a great product, it lets you sell a lot more easily as well because then it's easy for somebody to just say, "Hey, this is great." and you get that word of mouth going, whether it's consumer or enterprise. So I think this is a, a fantastic session, and I'm really grateful to be able to see the product versus hearing all the words. Well, thanks for having us here. So before I get started, um, I am not Nadine Levitt. I'm an imposter. I am Elise Gabriel. Um, I am the marketing director at Worley. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Elise. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I'm thrilled to be here. So um, I, the first thing I have to say is that as a marketing director, um, I'm a little bit horrified about my presentation. I had about 30 minutes to throw something together because I just found out I was going to be here. Nadine, unfortunately, is sick. Um, so I'm Elise Gabriel. Um, a quick little selfish plug to my social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Elise M. Gabriel. Um, and just to start off the presentation, I'm going to just be giving a brief demo of Worley, and then you guys can come, um, we can do a few questions. I think we'll have time for that. Um, the main reason I'm here is to connect with people where there's awesome partnership opportunities. So come see me afterward or hit me up on Twitter if something sounds interesting to you. So, Worley. Um, I want to start off by with this quote from Neil Jacobson, who is the EVP of A&R and management at Interscope Records, saying, while YouTube gives people the platform to be discovered, it doesn't give you the tools. Worley gives you both the platform and the tools to be discovered as a new artist, and it keeps it simple and free. And this is what I'm going to talk about. So what is Worley? Worley is a social music app that allows users to sing covers of their favorite songs, which are completely customized to their individual voice. Worley is much more than karaoke. It is a recording studio in your pocket. And I'm going to walk you through how it works. So how does Worley work? Um, I wish I had a fancy video, but today I've just got some slides, so bear with me. So upon downloading Worley, you're going to create an account. It's super simple to use. You browse through our library of thousands and thousands of current and past hits, all legal and completely licensed. Um, we have blanket deals in place with all of the majors and we continue to um, get new material approved every day. Um, cool noise. <laughs> um, so once a user has chosen a song, they can go into the customization space. And so here you'll see on the screen that the user has a few options. So the first option is What's the instrumentation you want to back you on your cover? You can choose between piano, full band, and guitar for most of our tracks. And the piano and guitar are all masters that we've owned and our musicians have created, and they're all real instrument tracks. So you're singing along to a beautiful, real music um, track, not a cheesy karaoke track, so it's very modern. Um, the second thing you can do is you customize the key. So one of the really important things to Worley is all about customization. Um, we want the singer's voice to, um, we don't want the singer's voice to be fit into the song. We want the song to fit to your voice, just like a um, professional pianist would accompany you or um, guitar player when you're performing. 
Um, and then the third thing is the speed. So you can customize that to fit your voice as well to slow down the track or to speed it up. Um, from there, you hit the record button and you start recording. So we call this our recording studio. The lyrics pop up in the time during the track. The singer will sing along to it. Um, they use their headphones or they can plug in a micro USB microphone into their phone. Once they've completed the song, they can then do an, another layer of customization. Um, the first thing they do is they can add a beautiful cover to their track that they've just created. They can snap a photo, snap a selfie of themselves, or we've got beautiful covers, about 30 that we've created that you can swipe through to choose, um, all in a really cool modern style of graphic design. You can mix the voice um, versus the music in terms of volume. And then you can do something similar to what Instagram does for photos, um, making even my decent photography look pretty good with a great filter. We do the same with your voice. So there's various different filters that apply light amounts of reverb, nothing too crazy. And it just makes your voice sound pretty amazing for being recorded um, all on your mobile phone. So from there, um, you can share it. You can choose to share it with the world or you can just save it privately or send it to a friend or family member um, with a comment. And you can share it on social media. You can share it on, um, via SMS um, uh, or in the Whirly feed, which is what I was going to show. And this is what it will look like um, when you're browsing through the feed. It's, again, similar to Instagram. You're browsing songs and you can listen to them and you can comment and interact socially um, with the Whirlies. So um, that's all I wanted to show you guys today. Um, do you have any questions? Sure. If somebody wants to download it, they just go to the App Store and yep. it's available? Yep. It's available right now for iOS. Um, Android will be launching in the next few weeks, which we're very excited about. So just type in Whirly in the store and we'll pop up. It's great. And if you wanted to see um, Whirly content is the best place to go on the app or is it shared on YouTube or Twitter? So the best place to go is to just browse through the app. It's a fantastic app experience and you can just listen to the trending artists. You can listen, find your friends who use Whirly and go listen to their songs. Um, and um, there's a whole Whirly world out there. I mean, we've got a fantastic website where you can go listen as well. There's other content on our social media, but the first step is download the app. It's a whirly world out there. It is. <laughs> it's good. Uh, let, a couple of quick questions. Hi. Can you share it outside of Whirly to other apps? Question is, can you share it outside of Whirly to other, to other apps? To other apps. So right now you can share it. We have Facebook, Twitter, um, social sharing built in. Um, we'd love to partner with um, other apps for other options of sharing and distribution. Another question back there? Question is, can you share original music, which may also be if you're an actual artist and you're trying to figure out how to promote yourself, can you yeah. get your music on Whirly? Not yet. Okay, Elise, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Big hand for Whirly. Okay, one more demo in this pod. We've got Jordan of Wisdom Music. So who in the audience has an app that they are, um, they're part of a company that has an app right now. And how many of the companies are, would you call, um, startups? And who feels like they need to raise money in the next uh, 12 months? Okay, it's a good show of hands. 
So hopefully I'll see a lot of uh, demos. If you stop me and try to give me a 30 second or one minute demo, uh, that would be great. I'm looking at a very beautiful keyboard-like interface. Great. Hey, everybody. My name is Jordan Rudis, and uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the keyboardist in the band Dream Theater. Maybe some of you uh, who are into music, some of you are into music, right? I mean, come on. Music is what it's all about. Yes, rock and roll. So, uh, and music is the reason that I'm here. In addition uh, to my love of playing music, I also love creating musical instruments, and uh, I started a company called Wisdom Music a while back, and uh, a very quick funny story is I was sitting around playing with one of the very first iPhones, making some ridiculously horrible noises. My wife, who is here with me today, was looking at me going, you're out of your mind, that's crazy, like it sounded terrible, but I had something in mind, and I said, no, 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 it's all good, and she said, you should be playing your beautiful Steinway piano, I was like, yeah, I'll play that later, but I got something in my head, so um, that year I created an app called MorphWiz with uh, a programmer friend of mine, and it actually won some big awards that year, and it, star it started my passion for creating instruments, so this year uh, I'm working with some really wonderful guys, uh, a company called Moforte that create apps as well. People I met through my um, association with uh, the Stanford guys at Karma, I've been there a few times doing music stuff, and we've, we're collaborating on a really, really cool uh, new app called GeoShred. I'm really excited about it. You can see it on the screen over there. It's, uh, it's an app that's based on uh, physical modeling. You know, Stanford uh, University has a lot of patents, and these guys have been into physical modeling for a long time, and they do some amazing stuff. So, um, very briefly, also in addition to Dream Theater Wisdom Music, I also do a lot of consulting. I'm consulting with an amazing company uh, called Roly Labs, and we're going to be actually showing the Seaboard at 2.30 in the Osaka room. Um, and I work with CME, who makes incredible instruments like the X-Key. With me today is Marco Parisi. He's going to provide some accompaniment for me, nice enough to uh, fly all the way from London to uh, play for me. And uh, he's here for other reasons, too. But uh, let me let you hear the sound of it, and then I'll uh, explain more. So um, I'll start, so then yeah, they can just hear the sound. Here we go.
Whoa. Take a bow. <laughs> take a bow. That All right. Awesome. Take a bow. Marco Parisi. My name is Jordan Rudis. Take a bow. So, um, yeah, so this app is very unusual. One of the things I'm very concerned about when I build a musical instrument is to make it really, really playable. And that's something that's a little bit unusual, or I should say very unusual, on, an, on a multi-touch instrument. When you pick up an iPhone, an iPad, an Android device, whatever, there's some really great things you can do with music. But it's really hard to play the stuff. You have to maybe connect a MIDI keyboard, you connect something else, but you can't play it right on the device itself. And I believe, and I've always thought, that it really is possible to use the screen as a really cool, playable instrument. And there's some things that we're doing um, with this app uh, that really make that possible. For instance, you saw me do one of the techniques was going like uh, You can see that I basically stay on one row just playing like It's this kind of thinking that allows me, it's a, it's a unique algorithm that I developed with a developer friend of mine that we put in some of uh, my apps, but it's really intuitive and it really works quick and you don't have to use that, it's just one of the things you can do. But GeoShred is especially, be cool, especially cool because it's a really organic instrument. I want to play another sound for you that really shows this off. Um, check this sound out, I call it uh, the Fripper lead. Because, actually, she called it Fripper Rudis. Because what's happening is, on GeoShred, you can express the sounds with various controllers on the screen. Right now, I've got my key zones. Sorry, it's not straight, you guys. But I've got my key zones as large keys. Each patch can have its own size key. But because I can assign different parameters of the physical model to the y-axis, I can really do a lot in this amount of space. So Marco's going to provide some chords. But first, I'll play the sound so they can hear it. Uh, check this out. So if I play a note. This is something that you can do on a guitar if you're really good and have a lot of control to get feedback like this. So to be able to do this on an iPad is, in my mind, like ridiculous, and I've played like all the different instruments. So this is unusual. Jordan, Very good. I think, I think um, 
I just put up a little bounce chat and I just said, mind's blown. Hashtag mind's blown with a picture of that. I mean, it's incredible. Can you talk about, um, if it's available, how do people get it? Okay, so this, first of all, we're and, down... And how do people book you as an accompanying artist on their next go. track? <laughs> the best accompanist. Um, all right, so let's see. First of all, this is an application that's still in development. We're showing it downstairs. I'm going to be there for the rest of the day, except for the hour that I'm going to be in the Osaka room from 2.30 to 3.30, showing the seaboard, actually with the amazing in inventor and CEO of Roly Labs. Roland Lamb. So uh, still in development. It's about a month or two away. If you're really interested in this, if you're you know, a musician or a programmer, you want to play with it, we are offering for people to help us with the beta uh, program. That's totally cool. Um, so yeah, come and see us. Come and see me at 2.30. And uh, the app should be available in the uh, App Store uh, in about, I guess, a month and a half or so. And then um, what's the business model on the app? Is it a paid app? Yes. And how much will it cost? App. Haven't totally decided on that yet. If What's guys, the range? If you guys got ideas, you can come talk to me. Uh, I don't know, 15 bucks, something like that. Okay. So that's a you know, guess for now. All right. I think you should be a little bit more than that. Okay, $100? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we'll play high-low. Anyway, thank you. A wonderful demonstration. Super exciting product. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. <laughs> All right. We are now going to, Brian's got it. Big hand for Larry Jordan and all the demos, yeah! All right.